morning, good morning. Yay. Woke up this morning, and one of the things that I love to do, first thing I get up, is I like to speak these words. This is a great day. I just say that. This is a great day. And you know, when I wake up in the morning, I don't usually feel that way. It doesn't feel like a great day. Let's laugh at that. Ha ha. Ha ha. And, you know, just uh, learning how to inspire me. Years ago, I felt like the Lord said, Steve, if, if you can't inspire yourself, how are you going to inspire other people? If you're not excited about yourself, why shouldn't anybody else be excited about you? <laughs> I've had coaches who've played sports, football, basketball. One, one coach, football coach, man. He was like a preacher. He got me so fired up in high school that, you know, he'd keep going. I'd say, Coach! Open the door. Let me out. I got to hit somebody. <laughs> got to hit somebody. <laughs> I'm going to rip a locker off a wall. <laughs> I liked it. You know, by the way, you know, I believe in our movement, the Lord in this next season is going to raise up preachers. We're, our movement is dominated by teachers, love teaching, anointing, but there's a whole new season of preachers coming, of preachers who not only give great truth, but release fire. Someone just say fire, fire. <laughs> One of my dreams is to become the white T.D. Jakes. <laughs> It's one of my dreams. <laughs> the experts would say that's not possible. <laughs> we just laugh at the experts. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. Um, I, I love this, this. Usually when I come here, this Saturday 10 a.m. meeting is one of my favorites because it's, it's a great opportunity to, we've got extra time, um, and we're... I'm going to ask you at a moment um, to share, some of you share a phrase you heard last night, because we want to go deeper, I want to hear what, what has hit you, and just uh, and then we're just going to flow with Holy Spirit today, you got a great team, you guys appreciate the team who were last night, just uh, so good, and I know some of you participated in their small groups, and it was fun hearing about that, and so in a moment... We'll have you. So if you were here last night, who was not here last night, by the way? Just get a feel. Okay. Yep. It'll help you kind of, you'll hear what uh, people share that's going to help you get into the flow of what's going on, and then we'll build on that. Um, we got some testimonies. And so, Yvette, I know you want to start. And then uh, any of the team members, you guys have a testimony, you want to jump in after Yvette. She released something last night concerning cancer. And maybe you can just give a quick summary of that. Of that. Yvette's a third-year student uh, serving me uh, 
helps me with Global Legacy, which is the part of Bethel that I work at, which is relational connections for leaders, especially church leaders who want more of Bethel. They access through Global Legacy. That's a great ministry, by the way. So why don't you just say, hi, Yvette. Why don't you guys say, hi, Yvette. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, I didn't see how many people were here not here last night. Okay, not a whole lot. I, I just shared briefly that um, my mom was healed from cancer at the end of last year, and it became really personal to me. Um, and on the 1st of January, I woke up, spent some time with God, and he gave me a really good word. He said to me, 2019 will be the year that there will be more healings of cancer than all the years, oh, including John G. Lake before, including John G. Lake. And um, I've been releasing that word and just seeing God do it. He's doing it. And I had some people stand up last night, and we just declared that cancer is dead. This morning I woke up, and I got a notification. I'm on the BLN Facebook page. BLN, Bethel Leaders Network. Um, so it's leaders that are connected to Bethel. And the first notification that popped up was this one, and I would love to read this to you. It said, two amazing miracles occurred in the last week. A staff member's husband was diagnosed with cancer in September. He didn't want chemo, but went with prayer and healthy changes. And last week, he received the report <laughs> that the tumor is shrinking and his blood cells are improving. Yay, God. This is such a miracle. A few days later, a student friend who was prayed for found out that the cancer in her breast is gone, completely gone. She says, this is so huge for us because we haven't seen miracles like this before. And it's not like we've done anything different, but this year is different. And so I just release that over you as well, that impartation, that whoever you lay your hands on, whoever you pray for, or who you intercede for, cancer is dead in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So good. Any of the rest of you got to yep. say hi, Mara. She's one of yours. She's serving me as a third-year student. Yay. And what do you got? I have $1,000 testimony. Um, so this is actually something that the Lord's been doing out at school a lot. We have had students, like, you guys remember, like, student life, it's, it's kind of tough, and you're working, or you're trying to work. Or some people, we have a lot of internationals that can't work. And so, you know, sometimes financial is kind of a struggle. And I did the um, business and finance group last night, and I just really wanted to share this over you guys today. Um, this is from one of our, this is from Dave Harvey um, at Global Legacy. He says, I always start our staff meetings with testimonies. Bill Johnson taught me this. So as a normal on Tuesday, I say, who's got a testimony? Who wants to share what God has done in their lives? Immediately, one young man raised his hand and said, I've got a $1,000 testimony. He began to share about how a pastor had given him $1,000 in December. We celebrated, but then another person said, oh, I have a $1,000 testimony too. It was their chief of operations who began to share how a family member who had been supporting them sent them a check for $1,000 at Christmas. We celebrated again. Yay. 
But then another one of our leaders from England shared, I've got one too, but it's a $1,000 euro testimony. He shared how his mother, who isn't very rich, sent them $1,000 over the holidays. Some currency scholars in the room celebrated even louder due to the strength of the pound versus the US dollar. <laughs> then another girl shared about her and her fiance also received 1,000 euros for their honeymoon. This is a girl on our team. We celebrated again. Another young leader then shared about how he had been given 1,400 towards flights he needed to go home. Finally, a young lady shared about how after helping a friend's wedding over a break, the mother also sent her a $1,000 check. I couldn't believe it. God's $1,000 testimony was still reproducing in people's lives. We had some of these people release a prayer over our group asking God to do it again. So if you're reading this or hearing this, take it for yourself. Yeah. So, and God's been doing this for quite some time at, at school right now. So we just released thousand dollar testimonies over you guys. Thousand dollars for um, you know business for anything else you guys may need. So Lord's covering it. Yeah. Thank you. Someone say wow. One of my other third year interns got a surprising ten thousand euro blessing in the last week, which is over $10,000. I was in uh, Texas last week at a church, and one of our team uh, released a, a vision of, uh, in the service of a $10,000, uh, just, it was connected to something that she saw, and the, I got word that the church had that Sunday, a $10,000 check in the offering. Someone say, wow. In Revelation 19, it says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. One of the reasons we love to share testimonies is, um, by the way, this, this movement, this revival we're a part of is fueled by the power of the testimony. And, you know, you as an influencer, whatever level of test, whatever level testimonies is being used in your ministry, I just see it increasing. If you don't know what to do, share a testimony. And it, because it, 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 it shifts people. It's one of the things Bill Johnson at Bethel Church, senior leader there, it's one of the things he's relentless on. His question is always, what's the good news? <laughs> what's the good news? Sometimes I'm in a staff meeting, and there's, there's so much good news, I can't get my good news in. Because <laughs> it's already happening. In, in, in John 4.35, Jesus said, Do you not say four months? And then the harvest. Don't you say, it's not happening yet. We got to wait for it to happen. Let's laugh at that, by the way. Ha ha. <laughs> and Jesus said, look up and see. By the way, this is a look up and see meeting. Look up and see. The fields are, are white for, for harvest. It doesn't say, look up, the fields are going to be white. No, they say it's, they are white. And, and basically, Jesus was saying, it's already happening. Just say, it's already happening. 
It's already happening, yeah. And, and that's what, you know, I'm, I'm in the room with great influencers. That's what great influencers do. They already know what's happening. And there's something to partner with right now. That's what Jesus was saying. He's saying, you don't have to wait. One of my favorite Bill Johnson quotes is this. He said, instead of praying for a revival, why don't you just have one? <laughs> I said, when I heard that, I said, can we just have a revival? I thought we had to wait to be, you know, for the sovereign timing of revival. Let's laugh at that as well. Ha ha. Ha ha. It's already happening. You know, uh, they, they asked the traveling speaker, how come everywhere you go, revival breaks out? He says, well, I just asked the Lord where the next revival is, and then I go there and speak. <laughs> How many of you partner with what God's already doing? It makes you look better than you really are. And so I just see grace on us. That It's already happening. It's happening in our family. It's happening in our city. It's happening in our ministries. It's already happening. The key is to say, okay, Lord, help me to look up and see. Help me to see it. Leadership isn't, the goal of leadership isn't to build a structure and ask God to fill it. Great leadership is to find out what God's doing and build a structure around it. Even in your family, what's God doing in my family? What are you doing, Lord? What are you doing? Because I want to build around what you're doing. Not me just try to create something and ask you to bless it. All right, you guys good? Someone say fire. fire. Say no limits. All right, who was here last night and you heard a phrase that blessed you? Yep. Oh, yes, you got it. You like that one? Yeah, I like that one too. My hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. Now, that's a game changer. You know, because if I try to change circumstances without changing the beliefs surrounding them, or change areas in my life, let's say... I've got a, a personal weakness I'm struggling with. My hopelessness about that weakness is a bigger problem than the weakness. Now, it doesn't mean I'm not doing other things, but if I try to change areas without changing the beliefs, okay, what do I need to believe to have hope in that area is the question. And so my hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem that also breaks all victim mindsets off our lives. Can't be a great influencer to have a, and have a victim mindset. I used to think I was a victim of four things. I, used to th I was a victim of the devil. If the devil wasn't after me so much, I could really do something. Let's laugh at that. Ha ha. Ha ha. 
He said, okay, I was a victim of my past. Yep, Bill Johnson, he's a fifth-generation pastor's son. I'm a first-generation insecure, paranoid, burnout hippie. (laughs) (laughs) Ha-ha. Created a little bit of baggage. Bill Johnson doesn't have that baggage. Uh huh. You think I was a victim of the people in my life? It's these people you've given me, God. If I had better people around me, I could do something. People in my family, people in my around me, people, these people. Just stuck because of these people. And I used to think I was a victim of a preordained plan of God that put limits on me. Yep. Benny Hinn. <laughs> Reinhard Bonnke. David Hogan. Predestined to be level 10 Christians. <laughs> Best I can hope for is level 3. And if I really, really sacrifice, maybe 3.1. The Lord says, you're not a victim of any of those things. The devil, your past, people, my preordained plan that has put limits on your life. You're just a victim of your own bad beliefs. Thank you, Lord, for that encouragement. Yep, thank you, Lord. It always seems to come back to me. You're always trying to tell me I'm more powerful than I think I am. Yep, that's true, Steve. Who else heard something? Yep. Ah, so that was kind of like just a, a prophetic word I, I got that I said, there's people in the room who can't see the door that is actually open for you because you keep looking at a door that's closed that you hope will open. I've been there in my life on that one. I want more opportunities to do this. And that door isn't opening. Frustrated. And then I couldn't even see what was actually open. And that's a, that's a yeah, somebody needed to hear that. And I'm hearing that regarding that, um, just follow your favor. No matter how small your favor seems to be, follow it. It's leading somewhere. Follow your favor. Someone else over here saw a hand. Yes. We get saved by believing in Jesus. We get free by believing like Jesus. I love, I love just uh, putting my faith in the finished work of Christ and just the, man, just getting born again. Isn't it exciting to get born again? 
Let me just say thank you, Lord, just for revelation and being born again. But I get free by believing like Jesus. It says in John 8, 32, the truth will make you free. So every area of my life where I believe truth in, I get free. Every area of my life where I believe lies, I'm not free. Who else? Yes. Yep. Leaders are thermostatic. True leaders are thermostatic. They think, act, and talk higher than the environments they're in. I remember being a pastor and, you know, early on, actually before I was, I was on staff and I'd, you know, there'd be a spirit of heaviness in the church. You know, I'd go, oh, no. I was hoping that this Sunday there wouldn't be a spirit of heaviness. <laughs> I was hoping for a good service. <laughs> hoping for freedom here. I remember when I, was, when I was in Weaverville pastoring in 2001, 2008. I, I pastored in Round Mountain, Nevada for 10 years in the 90s, and then that's where I met Bill Johnson, and then he pastored in Weaverville. A guy named Danny Silk followed him, and then Wendy and I went there in 2001 to 2008. Weaverville's a small town, 3,500 people an hour west of Redding, California, where we're on staff right now. And that's where Bill Johnson was for 17 years. And I like to say this, if it can happen in Weaverville, it can happen anywhere. God's no respecter of cities or churches. I'm up there on a, on a Sunday morning, regular service. Uh, it just, it wasn't flowing. Let's laugh at that. Ha <laughs> ha. Wasn't flowing. It didn't feel anointed. Didn't feel exciting. Ha ha ha. People coming in late, worship leader, one string breaks, two strings break on his guitar. So he walks off the stage. <laughs> I'm sitting in the front row there. I'm, 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 trying, I'm trying to learn how to be thermostatic. And <clears throat> something, something got on me. I, I ran to the stage and I, I, I got the, I don't know if I ran, but I went quickly. I got there, <laughs> I got the mic. I said, this is it. This is it. We have resistance. You only get muscle when you push against resistance. I said, this is it. This moment, this moment is more important than when, all, when we feel goosebumply in the Holy Spirit. This is it. And I remember, I mean, I, I shouted, I jumped, I, you know, and, and it's like, it was all, it's all about, it's, it's the development of us learning how to think, talk, and act higher than the environments we're in. You know, he, years ago, I felt like the Lord said, Steve, I always want you to act more enthusiastic than you feel. I want you to develop the muscle of enthusiasm. And that's part of it, and then the thinking. And, and if you don't do it perfectly at first, you know, we, we celebrate progress, not perfection. 
But that's where I'm going. That's where you, this room, you're a leader. Just, I want you to say this. I'm a great leader. Say I'm a thermostatic leader. Do you have something? Oh, yes. Yep, John, he's, okay, I told the story. One of the places I went to pastor, the first week I get there, somebody comes up to me and says, Steve, this city is hard for the gospel. Let's laugh at that, by the way. <laughs> now, I, I didn't, and I wasn't, non-kind to him. I didn't tell him what I was thinking, but here's what I was thinking. I said, because I'm building a relationship, you know, probably wouldn't have been wise the first time I meet a guy. I rebuke you! <laughs> no, I just, I just thought, I can't receive that. Because if I come into agreement with that, I'll be the biggest problem in my city. I will be the regional principality. I, as I'm the head, not the tail. I, as a spiritual leader, if I, if I come in, if I get my beliefs out of past experience, that becomes bigger than a hundred Satanists in my city. That's, that's what I think. And, and, and I don't deny the past. I just can't get my beliefs out of it. And unfortunately, you know, we've... <clears throat> prophetic ministry in the past, and I'm so glad we're, we're getting higher in prophetic. But unfortunately, prophetic ministry in the past, was, was a lot of it was diagnostic. And the purpose of prophetic ministry is not to diagnose people. I mean, we can diagnose true identities, but the purpose of prophetic ministry is not to diagnose the past of a region or a person and then create an identity out of it. That's why, you know, um, I, mean, like, I, I remember I was up in the Northwest and I was in a city and the pastor said that there's been frequent prophetic words that their area is a pastor's graveyard. <laughs> Man. But that's, that's what happens. That's who you are. It may have been an experience, but somebody's got to tell the region who they really are. And so, yeah, that's the, the how we think, what we conclude. Because the renewing of the mind is, on one level, it's what we continually come into agreement with. What do I continually come into agreement with? And one way to find out is to listen to yourself. Matthew 12, 34 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Man, I love to listen to what I say. Especially when I'm tired. 
Whew, it's great information. Wow, you think that? Huh. You think, you think you don't remember names well, Steve? Huh? Who told you that? I don't listen, I don't have to say, I, yep, I'm not good at remembering names. Just laugh at that, by the way. Ha ha. Ha ha. And so I, I, want, I want to, again, I don't deny that. Wow, I've had trouble remembering names. Yep, that's why I write people's names down. That's why I say them repeatedly. Yep, I'm learning, but I'm great at remembering names. That's who I really am. I'm a high-level name rememberer. <laughs> who frequently has non-high-level name-remembering experiences. Uh-huh. Somebody else? Yep, sir. Wow, yep. Every area of your life doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie. And that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. Knowing true strongholds are hopelessness is the evidence of a stronghold. And even more importantly, a lack of great hope is the evidence. And when I heard that, I read that from Francis Fran Japan, that changed my life. And you never know when you're going to read a book or you're going to go to a meeting when you're gonna, your life's going to be changed forever. By the way, I want you to just say, this meeting is going to change my life forever. And, and, and it's just that, wow, just going after, going after a lack of great hope. That changed me. Our whole ministry is called Igniting Hope Ministries. It came from that. Just one, yep, doop, doop, just normal day. Yep, I think I'll read a little bit. Boom! That's, uh, you know what I'm believing over you? That your greatest revelation is yet to come. Yep, greatest revelation is yet to come. That's why I, I, I love being, you know, just when you come to it, the Saturday morning meeting. Whew. Oh, man. <laughs> you, by the way, people come Saturday morning, you're... You're not here just to get a check mark after your name. I'm a good Christian. I'm here. Yes, amen. <laughs> There's others who are not here, but I'm here. No, I mean, you just... Uh, well, one of the things I love is um, you come to a meeting and, and you just... You just listen. I mean, I, I had a dog in Nevada. His name was Snoopy. He was a big yellow lab, and some people called Snoopy fat. <laughs> we called him Big Boned. Snoopy slept about 22 hours a day in the house. <laughs> he just <laughs> he, he had a rough life, you know, sleeping, eating, and but he loved walks. And if we moved his, 
his leash was on the laundry room in our, and on a shelf. And if we moved anything else on the laundry room shelf and his leash seemingly moved a millimeter, I mean, that was good news to Snoopy. <laughs> Snoopy could be sleeping with snoring and twitching. <laughs> but when the leash moved, Snoopy would be like shot out of a cannon. <laughs> would run into the laundry room believing in the goodness of his masters. And he'd come, often he'd come in jumping, and, and who said white dogs can't jump? <laughs> And, and Snoopy, Snoopy pulled future walks into his present experience. <laughs> Wendy and I would look at him. We got we to take that guy for a walk. Look at him. <laughs> he, he believes. <laughs> I think about it, you know, I'm, I'm needing, you know, he had, he had an incredible hearing. He, he, I mean, he was listening. I mean, he, he, it doesn't matter. He, he was attuned to the jingle of the chain. By the way, there's a jingle in the spirit. You, you never know. I mean, that's why I love to come to meetings like this. Because you never know what you're going to hear. You never know. Wow. One truth, that's it, the jingle in the spirit. I'm, I want that. That's for me. But, Steve, it's not time yet. Woo, no. <laughs> ah, I believe. And you pull future things into your present experience. And that's why I just, I mean, the, the hearing, I mean, hearing so powerful. You know, it says in Galatians 3, it talks about, you know, Paul rebukes the Galatians. He says, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you, having begun in the spirit, are you going to be now made perfect in the flesh? It's interesting what, what he calls flesh. He says, this thing I want to uh, know from you, did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Hearing of faith. I mean, it's hearing. Oh, it's, it's just, I hear some, I believe it. I, re I attach my faith to that. Starts off with, you know, hearing the good news about Jesus. You, you attach your faith. I believe in the finished work. I believe and you get saved. But he says, um, he says, you're foolish if you've begun in the spirit and now made perfect in the flesh or, or by the works of law. Did you receive the spirit by the hearing of faith or by the works of the law? And so when we become more conduct focused than belief focused, we're in the flesh. And so that's why in a meeting like this, it, it, we're, it isn't just, we're not just trying to get more information. We're actually listening, and, and we're listening to the aha moments where our spirit, poof, ah, and we just release our faith to that. Then he says in verse 5, he says, he who, su he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law? Or by the hearing of faith. 
Now, the same way we get into the kingdom is the same way we advance. We get into the kingdom by hearing good news and believing it. And the same way we advance is by hearing good news and believing it. This is a good news meeting. Our experience in the church should be, man, I just don't know if I can handle any more good news. I just, I just keep hearing good news. Every time I go, I hear, man, if I, that was in my, that's in my benefit package too. In Jesus, wow! It's that easy? Wow! Who else heard something? Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so good. You don't need to bear fruit. Uh, an apple tree doesn't wait until it's had apples to call itself an apple tree. You know, let's say this pulpit is an apple tree and it's too young to have apples yet. And let's say this apple tree can talk. And the apple tree says this. I have the gift of apples. What would you think? Would you say, man, that apple tree must go to a name it and claim it, blab it and grab it church? <laughs> would you try to cast a lying spirit out of it? No, you say, that's true. Yep. Oh, that's that. Uh, but why do we have such a problem saying we have a gift that isn't in operation yet? Because we, we, we don't get uh, our identity out of what we've done. We get our identity out of what we were created to do. I'm created to heal the sick, raise the dead, affect nations, disciple nations. I'm, I'm, I'm created to be a great husband. I'm created to walk in purity. I'm, I'm created to uh, walk in the joy of the Lord. I've got the gift of joy. Well, brother, where's your joy? And You know, I mean, I don't make declarations to convince other people. I make declarations to convince me. I'm not trying to convince you. I didn't have the fruit of great leadership on me. But the Lord says, I want you to say you're a great leader. Because that's who, that's who you really are. So I wasn't telling other people that. I was telling me. Was driving my car. I'm a great leader. Powerful leader. Leader of leaders. Why? Because there's part of me didn't want to, there's a stronghold that tells me that's not true. If you're a great leader, all this stuff wouldn't be happening. Great leader, you have more people following you. But no, I had to, I had to go after what I believed. And so, yeah, that's a great analogy, the apple tree one. That's a, that's a windy revelation that has got a lot out of that. Somebody else? Sure. 
Oh. Yeah. James 3 says our, our, our tongue, our words are like a bit in a horse's mouth and a rudder on a ship. Whatever I talk a lot about, I get pulled towards. Again, if I only talk about my experience, then I'll get pulled towards more of that experience. And I, I shared last night, one of the things I always used to say is, every time I move forward in God, I get attacked by the devil. I say that all the time, and I get pulled towards more attack. See, I told you so, it's true. I think I'll write a book about it. <laughs> so true. And that's where I heard it's true for you, but it's not truth. There's, a, there's enough challenge in life anyway, let alone just to have faith for spiritual attack. <laughs> That's a good one. Somebody else. Yep. Yeah, double-mindedness is the enemy of great influencers. I think... Some of the most sincere Christians are the most double-minded. That certainly was me. I, I want to please God so bad. And, and, and so I, I could never really have faith in the decisions I was making because I felt like I was incapable of hearing and I had a haunting feeling. Maybe ah, I'm probably not hearing God enough. We're hearing him right. And it's been a long journey for me to overcome that. Just, wow. I mean, that's been one of my biggest challenges is just to make decisions in faith. Used to not be able to decide what, what I should be preaching on as a pastor. Or financial decisions or whatever and I just I, I felt like the Lord just says you decide just decide I mean get a good process to make decisions base it on the word have good people in your life and just decide and one of the, the quotes and I may share tomorrow on decision making uh, I'm not sure but uh, one of the quotes that he felt like he, he gave me. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? Thanks for picking up on that shit. <laughs> double, double minded about that. <laughs> oh my. He said, A bad decision made in faith has a greater likelihood of success than a good decision made in doubt. I'm not talking about sinning in faith. I'm talking about there's a whole bunch of things the Lord just says you decide. Romans 14, 5 talks about um, esteem one day, or one person esteems one day, another esteems every day alike, and it says let each of you be fully convinced in your own mind. So just say fully convinced. 
song about Sabbath. Just decide whatever you think your theology is on what day the Sabbath is, and whatever. just figure it out and decide and be fully convinced. And, and what, what I, because I can put up with a lot of junk and negative circumstances and outward non-success if I got a word from the Lord. I can put up a lot of junk, negative circumstances, and outward non-success if I got a word from the Lord. Matthew 4, 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So the more I can identify that God has told me is the more I'll live. The more I can say, I believe God's told me this. I'm supposed to be here, supposed to be doing this. The more I can say this, the more I'll live. And, and that's, that's just a... But if I don't have a word from the Lord, I can't, I can't put it with anything. Because I have to... The only way I can live is if things are going well. <laughs> the only way I can be happy is things are going well. If I got a word, I can, if, I, if I got a word, I can be happy if things aren't going well, because I got a word. And so double-mindedness, yeah, that's, man, that, there's been times in my life where I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll list every area where I'm double-minded in. <laughs> in the beginning, it was a big list. Theology, you know, I'd be double-minded about whether God wants to heal everybody or whether I should tithe or whether women should be leading, you know. I just, uh, I'd be double-minded about those things. Ah, you know, believe one thing one day, then listen to a radio preacher the next day. Nope, I believe what he says now. Everybody, <laughs> uh, just even theologically, every time I've been double-minded in an area, when I have asked the Lord, Lord, help me nail that thing down. Every time I've asked him, he has helped me. Because I can't just live on what somebody else says. I got to know, I got to know in me. Or just, you know, when I'm, I'm double-minded in, in what I should do, maybe about a family situation. You know, I think one thing one day, another thing. I got to nail that down. What am, what, what am I supposed to do and not do? And, and I'm, I'm, even, I'm hearing in, in this meeting, um, the Lord is delivering people from double-mindedness. Because it, it, it brings, it, it's, it's purposefulness. It's purposefulness. And, and there's somebody in the room too, because... I mean, it's like double-mindedness is, is mentioned in James 1 where it says, you know, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously without finding fault, and it will be given to him. And then it says, let him ask in faith, not doubting. You doubt, it's just like a, you know, wave tossed in the sea. You know, let, you know this, those verses used to really discourage me. <laughs> you know, that, let that man not expect he's going to receive anything. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. <laughs> That's me! But then I said, but then I got so wow. He said, 
If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously without finding fault and will be given. You know, if you actually believe God's going to tell you what to do and you're going to know what to do and know what to believe and you're going to have wisdom, if you actually believe it, that when you ask, it's coming, it's a, it, it's a thing that breaks double-mindedness off. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, that's just a good word for you. Hey, Mike and uh, Yaku, you guys, why don't you guys come on up and let's, let's just turn these powerful second-year students um, loose for a few minutes. Mike is from UK, Yaku, South Africa. Yeah, what do you just... Uh, oh, I've, I've, I've been listening to the Lord and I, I've got a lot. you got so. a lot. I've got a lot. Wow. I've got more than expected. <laughs> so that's great. Okay. Um, where'd it go? Oh, shut up. <laughs> yes, the lady with the beautiful hair and the... Um, red hair? Red hair, yes, yep. yes, and the glasses. Do you want to stand up? What is your name? Sandy. Are you from this church, or are you a guest? Okay, brilliant. Um, last night, Yvette laid hands on me, and I was, her hands were so hot <laughs> that after she finished, I was burning, and I held her hand to see if her hands were hot or cold or what, and her hands were really, really hot. And afterwards, it wasn't just my shoulder where she laid her hand on me. It was her hand as well. Like, like it, and so my hand was then hot too, because I then grabbed in for more. And I was just like, wow, what is this thing that she carries? And so I'm actually going to ask Yvette if you would lay hands on Sandy. But I believe that the fire of God, in fact, I know the fire of God is coming upon you. And as you go, you will melt the snow. <laughs> yeah. Busy, give him time. <laughs> yeah, <you> got <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> What's happening over there? What's happening there? <laughs> you say more, God. More. Sandy. Stretch out your hand for Sandy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for her life. Thank you for her calling. Thank you, Lord. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Yaku. The lady with the purple, can you stand for me? What, what is your name? Kim. Cam. Cam, I see that you, that you have the ability to refresh people's lives like a breath mint. <laughs> that you actually are like Joshua with the gift of le leadership upon your life and the ability to actually take people from, from, from old mindsets and into the new with God. 
and you have got this ab ab ability like an airplane to pick up people and to, and to transfer them to a new place in the Lord. So I just bless you with that, uh, that you refresh people's lives with who you are and what you carry like when you take a breath, mint. Amen. Wow. Amen. Yes. That's a good word. Okay, one more. Yeah, right now. Okay, I have a word for the Zion YouTube ministry. And that is... YouTube? You're speaking into the YouTube? I'm, I'm, wow. speaking, I'm, I'm speaking to the ministry that Zion has on YouTube, okay. and then I'm speaking to somebody watching on YouTube. Okay. So more and more people are being reached through the YouTube ministry. And globally, people are tuning in. And I see it being bumped up in, um, so that it's going to appear as a recommended channel for people. And I see it being accessible in nations where YouTube is blocked. But the Zion YouTube ministry, it's going to run free. So in China, where you would need a VPN to access it, just a regular Chinese person would get on and they're just, I'm just going to try YouTube today. And they're going to find that it's bumped up to them. It's the only thing they're able to see. <laughs> and so speaking to that, I'm, I'm speaking to a clockmaker in Greenland who's watching right now. And I'm saying, you are so abundantly blessed. You're the ultimate philanthropist. And so you're going to devote all of your time and resources to giving out, to blessing people. And so I bless you, clockmaker in Greenland. Come on, Mike. That's great. Yes. Okay, I just strongly feel in my heart that the Lord is busy raising up evangelists in this church. Uh, if you've got a heart for that, would you just stand for me? If, if you've got a burning desire and calling to reach the lost, I want to just read over you Proverbs 11:30 that says, "He who saves souls is wise." And you've chosen a great calling to follow the Lord and actually reaching the lost. And um, I just strongly sense that, that, that the Lord is going to raise up a, a missions movement out of this congregation. And I sense that you're going to influence nations and you're going to establish long-term missionary uh, uh, ventures from this congregation. And I, when, I, when, I, when I prayed for Zion, I, I actually f strongly feel Canada and, and Mexico, especially for long-term missions. So I, I, want, I, I want to just bless you with courage to go. With, uh, with, I want to bless you with, with, with fire to, to see the, the lost getting saved and, and a passion to see people come... Wow come and encounter the love of Christ. So I bless you. Amen. 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 Okay. I've got one more, yep. and it's for the people who are going to eat out for lunch today, who are going to a restaurant. If you would stand up. And if everyone's got a packed lunch or they're going home, then that's okay. Great, you're eating out. I believe, in fact, I know the glory of God is upon you. And as you enter that restaurant and as you walk past people, people are going to get healed and they're going to encounter God. And people are going to be staring at you. They're going to be staring at you because they're going to see the glow of God's countenance on your faces. Don't be surprised when people stare at you today at lunch. All right. Thank you, guys. Give it up for 
Mike and Yaku. Let's just, before we move on with more things you heard last night, I just want to take an excerpt out of this book. Let's just laugh at that. By the way, let's just laugh at that. <laughs> it's a devotional. I wrote many of my books for people who do not like to read and because I want to just give people, cut out the fluff, the extra, and get right to the point. This is a great devotional, has 45 things that past experience says is true, but God's word says something else is true. And I just opened it up to this page, and let's just laugh at this lie, and then I'll share some laughable assumptions under it. You cannot fulfill your call because of the people in your life. <laughs> Here's some good laughable assumptions under that. God is surprised and completely hindered by what the people in your life are doing. <laughs> you like that, Mara? <laughs> I saw it kind of tickle you. Their choices make it impossible for your calling to be fulfilled. <laughs> Let's give an extra laugh with that one. <laughs> the fulfillment of your calling is more determined by others than by you. Ha <laughs> ha. A little nervous laughter on that one. <laughs> if a relationship isn't instantly beneficial, it cannot take you to your calling. Ha <laughs> ha. Here's a good one. We've been kind of going after this. We might as well go a little deeper on this one. <clears throat> Let's laugh at this. Higher levels in God attract higher problem-causing devils. <laughs> Here's some good laughable assumptions. We are to expect a life of growing difficulty as we spiritually advance. Ha-ha. <laughs> Ha-ha. Church leaders have miserable lives because of spiritual attacks. Ha <laughs> ha. Let's give an extra laugh on that one. <laughs> Generals are the least protected in an army. Ha. Ha ha. Unless I am currently experiencing an attack, I must not be a threat to the devil. Ha <laughs> ha. The safest thing to do is to not advance spiritually in Christ. <laughs> the very spiritual person will talk more about Satan's ability to attack than God's ability to protect. <laughs> Our expectations have nothing to do with what we will experience. <laughs> okay. 
Let's laugh at this line. Actually, this, I'll just share this one. You will never lose that weight. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> That's funny. How about this one? The greatest Christians are those with public ministries. Ha <laughs> ha. Heaven's best places are reserved for speakers and worship leaders. <laughs> All Christians should first seek to have a famous ministry. <clears throat> King David only became a great person once he killed Goliath. God is not interested in raising up leaders in business, education, or any sphere other than the church. <laughs> uh, who heard something else last night? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I said nobody's past can block their future, but the conclusions that we make from the past can block our future. Or I'll say it this way. The past doesn't have the power to stop our future, but current beliefs do. Someone else. You cannot consistently do what you don't believe you are. That's why identity is so crucial. I got to know who God says I am. If, for instance, if I'm trying to behave righteously, but I believe I'm a sinner. How many know if you believe you're a sinner, you'll sin by faith? What's your name, by the way? Lisa. I like you, Lisa. Just thanks for sitting right there. You know, just, I mean, you're just, you're just kind of, I like things. You know, you just sit there and they kind of hit you. And you know. <laughs> yeah. you know, um, Lisa, I hear, I like to give acronymic prophetic words using the letters of their name, you know. Like Jim, he's a jump starter igniting miracles. <laughs> he's got his two arms are like two spiritual jumper cables. You know. <laughs> See, the battery's dead. Nope, it just needs a jump. Jim thinks that if someone says to Jim, that church is dead. No, Jim, just, it just needs a jump. But Lisa, um, you're, you're a, a lover. Uh, you're a lover influencing supernatural advancement. And just you're a person of love, and 1 Corinthians love is just so important, and people feel loved by you, and then um, influencing, you're an influencer, supernatural advancement. You're a combination of loving people, but also going after the supernatural. I mean, you're sitting in row two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're, but you're right there. Yeah, and, and yeah, and I just see I see the Lord just uh, highlighting the Book of Acts to you, and the Book of Acts just coming alive. 
and just all of the supernatural phenomenon in the book of Acts. I just kind of see it circling them and just highlighting. And, and then you're just going to see a pattern there because it's a normal Christian life. And I see you releasing, um, just touching people. And, and just your relationships, in, in the, even in the next few years, that you're going to influence people who are going to influence movements. So bless you, Lisa. Can't consistently do what you don't believe you are. So if I'm trying to act righteous and I believe I'm a sinner, then I'm in disunity with me. I remember praying, Lord, bring unity to the body of Christ so we can have revival. I said, Steve, if I could just get you into unity, we'd have revival. <laughs> <laughs> let's laugh at this you should not call yourself righteous until righteousness is a hundred percent manifesting in your life ha 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 I mean just so much of you know just some people in the room, you've struggled speaking in front of people. The Lord is calling you and is putting grace on you to call yourself a great speaker. And, and just, just taking areas of, you know, just that, that thing about, okay, I'm going to go after what I believe. And, and there's, just, there's just seasons of our life where, Instead of trying to change something, I mean, I've had seasons in my life, like Wendy has too, just where instead of trying to work on something, we actually just work, if you want to use that language, on what we believe about ourselves in that area. You know, again, whether it's, uh, you know, eating habits to, um, you know, if you want to exercise more and you've struggled in, in exercise, you know, just actually maybe taking three, four months just to just to declare every day, uh, I love to exercise. <laughs> uh, I, I just, uh, I, I love it. I'm a, I'm a high-level uh, exerciser. <laughs> you know, just even, even experiment. I, I think we need to experiment in beliefs. Yeah, I've experimented in beliefs. I, I remember when I did the experiment where I said, I, I'm, I'm going to experiment and not believe in jet lag. I'm just going to experiment. I'm going to do an experiment. Because, you know, the experts say, well, you know, if you travel through time zones, you know, you're going to get there and you're going to feel a little sluggish and stomach might be off and you're going to, it's going to take a few days for you to start to be able to function properly. By the way, let's just laugh at all that. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> Faith comes by hearing. I'm hearing this. Oh, yes, I'm an expert. Ha ha ha. Yeah, it's got to be true if the experts are, uh huh. Yes, I agree. I, I come into agreement. Yes, amen. I renew my mind with jet lag. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, and then I go, you know, I'm believing in jet lag. Yes, I believe in it. Uh huh. Then I travel internationally. I, I get <laughs> I get to a nation, and then oh yes, I experience if that was, the experts are true. Uh huh. Yes, I'm at. Uh huh. Ah oh, yeah. That's. 
I mean, you know, there's a Genesis 3, 9, or 3, 11. I have to remember. It's in 3 there. Uh, Adam, God asked Adam, who told you that you're naked? And, you know, the Lord took the phrase, who told you that? Began talking, you know. I said, I don't remember names well. Who told you that? Who told you that? It's my past. I found everything. Oh, my past told me all that, you know. Jet lag. Who told you that? Past. So I said, I did an experiment. I said, I'm no longer going to believe in jet lag. I renounce my belief in jet lag. And now what I'm going to believe in is jet bounce. (laughs) I'm going to do an experiment and just believe in jet bounce. See what happens. I'm going to talk about jet bounce. Can't wait. Can't wait to travel to Europe. Because I'm going to get a bad case of jet bounce. I mean, Wendy and I, we'd talk about it. I mean, it's just, it's just fun to go. And you know what? It's so amazing. I started to believe in jet bounce. And it's, I, have, I created an identity. I am a person of high-level jet bounce. Why don't you just say that with me? I am a person of high-level jet bounce. Now, it's interesting. When you start believing things like that, um, and you start renewing your mind with that, because current mind renewal creates future experience. Yeah, I started believing that, and wow, I had let less jet bounce experiences. Someone say, wow. I mean, I, just by, and that experimentation, you know, I'm a, I'm a person of high-level jet bounce who occasionally has jet lag experiences. <laughs> But I am a person that jet bounce. That's who I am. And when you actually start having fun with some areas of your life, and you say, I'm going to try this. Try an area where past experience has just told you you're, you're not good at or this is always true for you. So we can't consistently do what we don't, what we don't believe we are. And the fact of the matter is, is that who we are in Christ is amazing. Hebrews 10, 14 says he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Man, he's perfected forever. The moment I receive Jesus, I become perfect. I'm perfect. And every, just say, I'm perfect. I'm perfect. Perfect. I mean, sanctification is the process of getting into our experience who we already are. So the moment I receive Jesus, I become perfect in jet bounce. I become perfect in protection. I become perfect in sound mind. I become perfect in decision making. But it's a process of getting into our experience. Who who we already are. It's kind of like a the metamorphosis process 
because it says be transformed, but the word transform comes from the same Greek word that we get metamorphosis out of. So be metamorphosized by the renewing of your mind. So the moment, if you, if you want to use the analogy like a caterpillar to a butterfly, the moment a caterpillar gets saved, they become a butterfly, but they still look like a caterpillar. Work with me on this. <laughs> you can do it. <clears throat> and then a caterpillar creates a cocoon with silk coming out of its mouth. Someone go, hmm. Mm -hmm. So when I start saying who I am, I'm a butterfly then actually that, I'm a great leader. Then we start creating a cocoon to begin to experience who we already are. Someone's going to take that one to the headwaters. Somebody else? Way in the back. Okay. Yep, I didn't, nobody has said that. Laughter cleans out the pipes. Let's just laugh at that. <laughs> How many have ever drank good water out of bad pipes? It was good water, but maybe the pipes had rust in them. You go, As a kid, I love to use, um, I love to drink water out of garden hoses. Anybody else like that? I don't know what, why it was, man. It just as a, when I drank it out of the garden hose, it just tasted better. But every once in a while, there'd be some dirt in there, and <laughs> you know, you just, ah. how many of you ever heard good truth out of bad pipes? I mean, Wendy and I sometimes, one of us will not have a good attitude towards the other. Let's laugh at that, by the way. <laughs> we won't have a good attitude. And we'll say something that's true, but, but the other one will say, that's true, but I think you might have a pipe issue. <laughs> you got a pipe issue. I think there's some stuff hooked in that, you know, in the pipe that came out with that truth. You know, and, and I believe this. We've got spiritual pipes, you know, where... The, Truth flows out of us or what we say, and, you know, frustration gets built up in the pipe. Disappointment gets in the pipe. Um, unworthiness gets in the pipe. Uh, victim mindset in there. Hopelessness. And then it just, or the truth comes out, and then it has all that stuff attached to it. Say, so, yeah, that's, that's true, but... Doesn't taste good. And by the way, sometimes we're not receiving things from speakers and that. It's not their issues. It, sometimes it's our issue. It's our own pipe issue. Let's laugh at that. Ha. <laughs> but when we actually laugh, it cleans out the pipes. That's why I think that uh, leaders and speakers who laugh a lot their, what comes out of them comes out of them in a more pure form. 
I remember when <clears throat> we were in Nevada, Wendy's leading worship in our, our church, and she's just getting so frustrated with the people. While she's leading worship, there's people in the back talking. They're talking. Some others are just standing there, <laughs> not singing, not engaged. And Wendy's up here looking at those people <laughs> while she's leading. And she's thinking it's righteous anger <laughs> rising up. <laughs> but how many of you know in those kind of situations uh, if you're probably going to speak into the situation if, unless you actually deal with your own pipe probably you're not going to have a good result and the Lord just told her to let go of that just, you know, just have your own revival and it's amazing how once you um, clean the pipes out ourselves. Frustration is another enemy of great influencers, by the way. It's hard to influence when we're frustrated. We may think, you know, but we can't. But we got to go after the frustration, whether it's with our kids or spouse, people we're leading, business. You go after frustration, and you get rid of that, clean out the pipe. Then, you'll, then, you, then what you say will have more life on it. And there's times, obviously, as parents in those situations, you just got to deal with what you got to deal with at the moment. But I'm talking about a consistent pattern of, of being frustrated. By the way, there's people in the room who get, are getting delivered from frustration. This frustration. Yeah, you know, one of the things uh, people, you'll take that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we just, just receive it. <laughs> I'll give you a little hint as to how you might identify what your season is all about right now. Note an area where you're frustrated in. And then ask God, what is he doing in you concerning that area where you're frustrated? You get the answer to that, it'll give purpose to your season. Note, here's, here's a key to understanding what this season's about. And these are things I felt like the Lord told me in the past. Note an area where you're frustrated in and ask God what he's doing in you concerning that area of frustration. And it's often going to give you purpose for your season. Because what's happening in us is more important than what's happening through us. What's happening in us is more important than what's happening through us. Because ministry doesn't result because you got just from a message. Ministry results from a life. 
And it's those kind of things as we grow in and we allow the Lord to work in our lives, that's what creates ministry. I, I remember I was 10 years on staff at a church in Northern California in the 80s, and I used to get so frustrated. I was so frustrated. You know, things are moving too slow, too slow. I wouldn't have made that decision like that. I would have done it differently. You know, frustrated. Had a smile on the outside. Yes. Love you, man. Love you. Ha-ha. <laughs> 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 ha But on the inside, not peaceful. I don't The Lord says, Steve, I'm going to, I'm going to, that frustration is a bigger problem than anything going on around here. Uh, you, where you're going, you can't take that thing with you. Because you're going somewhere. I remember, okay, I just, and I just, wow, I found out purpose of my season. My purpose is my season is how to get rid of some uh, pride. Mm-hmm, okay. Get rid of a little rebellion. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's my purpose season. Uh-huh. Uh, learn, learn how to support another leader. How to find out what I'm supposed to do and not do. And I remember he told me this. He said, Steve, how you think and behave under, under leaders now is planting seeds for how people will think and behave under your leadership in the future. I said, hmm, I think I'm going to up my game. I'm up my game. And just, you know, knowing what God's doing in us. Especially, you know, as, as young zealots. Man, I'm a, I was a young zealot. And just frustration. Is we got to win the world. Get with it. What's wrong with everybody? Can't you sit here in meetings? And just the Lord starting to clean out the pipes. Laughter helps clean out the pipes because to laugh, you got to let go of something. Why don't we just for about 10 seconds, let's just laugh on the count of three. One, two, three. <laughs> Let's laugh at this lie. <clears throat> it is not your personality to be joyful or to laugh much. <laughs> Joy is an optional fruit of the Spirit and is only for certain personalities. Ha, ha, ha. 
the Bible was speaking only metaphorically when it said that a merry heart is good medicine. <laughs> Just as some don't have the right personality to be a loving person, you don't have the right personality <laughs> to be a joyful person. <laughs> God regrets giving mankind a sense of humor. (laughs) It's okay to cry in church, but laughter should be avoided and shunned. Somebody else. Yep, after love, hope is the most powerful leadership quality. That's my opinion. You know, I I believe the Lord, he sends me places, and he says, Steve, I'll send you every place where you believe the bones can live. I'll keep sending you if you believe bones can live. And really, hope is hope is such a, a powerful, powerful thing. Hope is an overall optimistic attitude about the future based on the goodness and promises of God. Someone else. You guys are good. You guys take great notes. Yep, our hope level determines our influence level. Anybody else? Yep, people don't tend to want to follow hopeless leaders. (laughs) Because if you're hopeless, then... Pretty much the only way you can inspire people is through guilt and manipulation, and that's not inspiring. That's just getting them to do things. So I'll hand over here. Yep. Yeah. We'll experience transformation doesn't come from surrendering our heart. It comes from surrendering our beliefs. Romans 12.1, certainly we need to surrender our hearts, give our bodies as a living sacrifice. It's it's foundational, it's key. But the transformation comes from surrendering what we believe to be true. And, you know, especially, I mean, you know, it's called stronghold. I, I, I shared last night, did I share why it's called a stronghold? Did I share that? Yeah. Because it's called a stronghold because it has a stronghold. <laughs> kind of again, it makes sense, doesn't it, Lisa? Yeah, stronghold, stronghold. A couple more, then we'll have our team come up and excited to see what they're gonna want to give them a few extra minutes tonight. Yeah, it's after. Yeah, we're not called to maintain. 
Wow. Gideon was in a wine press trying to not have his wheat stolen by the Midianites. So his goal was just to maintain what he had. And I've been there. I mean, man, I just, I, I've been there where my life, man, if I can just survive and pay the electric bill, that's victory. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe some of you are there today. I mean, that's, but you're not going to stay there. Gideon didn't stay there. He, he heard something. He heard who he really was. And that's the beginning point of, of transformation, hearing who you really are. That's why I, I think the strongest prophetic words have clear identity statements in them. And just, we're we actually, because we're not just telling people what they're going to do, we tell them who they are. The angel didn't say, hello, one who in the future is going to do mighty warrior exploits. Anybody else, just before we transition here? This is good. You guys are... This is a great meeting. Okay, team. How about all four of you come up? And let's just... Uh, we got about 20 minutes here to... You know, we love to encourage people personally with prophetic. We love to, and by the way, what anything that we share, whether prophetically or word, we trust you. You have your own connection with God, and that, you know, we submit these words to the leadership of this house, the leaders, and, you know, obviously we submit it to the word of God. And But these kind of moments where we have a team just praying over you and sharing what they're sharing, it's moments of, of extreme possibilities. And, and many of you have been in a meeting like this where you've gotten words and you just, it's absolutely changed your life. Maybe there's some people who are new who haven't experienced this before. And, and so it's just an opportunity just to let Holy Spirit um, really uh, say something to us that either is a confirming word, launching word, and, and I like these four. They're, these four, these guys are kind of scary. <laughs> Armed and dangerous. All right, so you, you want to start, Beth? Um, I just heard something that God's doing in this meeting today um, that has to do with breaking off perfection. But I saw him actually turning people that are God, people pleasers into God pleasers. That's what he's doing here today. Turning people pleasers into God pleasers. I'm very excited about that. And then um, there's someone here today or listening on YouTube that is called to bring revival in Thailand. If you are here, would you stand? You are called to bring revival in Thailand. I'm speaking to the YouTube people. I just want to release over you open doors and the fire of God for you to bring revival in Thailand. And we celebrate in Jesus' name, we celebrate the revival that is coming to Thailand. Come on. So good. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know who this is for, but... Um, 
The Lord is just saying, like, I've asked you. Um, I've asked you to move forward. And I just kept hearing obedience will open doors that experience never could. And the Lord is asking you to, like, move forward. And you're like, God, I have no idea how to do this. I don't know what this looks like. I have no experience in this area. Maybe it's business or missions or something. Um, but your yes to the Lord is going to open up so much more than you could ever do on your own. So maybe you're waiting for a word. Maybe you're waiting for a confirmation. Maybe this is that. This is the Lord just saying, like, I've asked you. You heard right. Just trust me, and the rest is um, is going to open up in front of you. I don't know. Maybe that means something to someone. If it does, come find me after. I want to encourage you in that more. Yeah, Laura, wonderful. Um, when I walked in here yesterday, I just got a strong sense that this church is doing family well. And I, I, I believe God is raising up uh, men to become fathers in this house. That's going to take your rightful place. And uh, I actually hear over you that divorce will be a byword in this congregation and in this region, that you do marriage well and family well, and that fathers takes their place to, as the head of each home. Amen. I bless you with that. Amen. I'm going to piggyback, up, piggyback on the word on um, family because I also felt that family and relationships are really significant. And specifically in this room, there are many people who are not from Zion, but I feel like you are going to meet people today in this room who are significant to you. And you have something to give them and they have something to give you. So I want to say mingle and go for it. Mingle and go for it. I like that, Mike. I like to mingle. Um. <laughs> Especially with Holy Spirit. Um, I was a teacher for many years and just had the privilege of learning how to partner with the Holy Spirit to find divine solutions for the kids I was teaching. And sometimes I got it right and sometimes I didn't. Um, and one of the words the Lord has put on my heart is specifically for people who are in education, the education mountain. And if that is you, I'd really like you to stand. Yes. Oh, wow. He is on it. I heard something very exciting that he is doing in you and through you. I heard that you are going to receive groundbreaking educational tools specifically to help kids with disabilities. And not only that, he is releasing a healing anointing upon you to see miracles in kids who have ADHD, who have autism, that, that are impaired, kids who struggle with reading, who struggle with math, the Lord is releasing to you keys of heaven on how to reach it, unlock it, and bring healing in miraculous ways. I bless you. I bless you. Lord, I just ask that you would touch them right yeah. now, Father. Would you just touch them right now, Father? Would you just go ahead and touch them, Lord? We just increase the anointing, the education anointing. I actually hear right now your words are anointed. That those kids who feel like they can't listen or focus, when you speak, it opens up their minds. He is releasing anointing over your speech right now in Jesus' name. Bless you. Yeah, just stay standing. Um, a couple of the things I heard as Yvette was releasing that, I've heard that in this region, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, there's something powerful happening within that movement in high schools. I, I heard that key 
athletes in this region are, are, are either getting saved or going to the next level uh, in, their, um, in, in, in their witness for Christ. Uh, I, heard, I heard these words, revival in locker rooms, yeah. revival in locker rooms. Yeah. I, I heard that, um, that there's campus clubs, Christian campus clubs, that there's a fresh wind on. I heard also that in uh, the younger elementary uh, grades that, that, that the Lord is um, he's, he's raising up young zealots, even in that age, key uh, boys and girls who, are, who, are, who have favor on their lives, who are influencing schools and influencing the playground. And, and there's, a, there's just a new wave of God moving upon the children. And children who are, you know, supernaturally minded are increasing uh, praying for their, their classmates. And where there seems to be restriction, uh, the Lord is not concerned about that because he's got a solution. Amen. So, amen. We bless you. Um, when the white hat... Sir, with the glasses. Yeah. Can you stand up again? So um, I saw you sit up. What is your name? Chris. Chris. Hi. Um, do you have your own classroom? Do you have your own classroom? Yeah. Do you work with young kids? Middle school. Autistic at all? Do you have any autistic kids? No? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I just really saw you. <laughs> yeah. What? Um, yeah, no, I get that. No, I get that 100%. Um, that makes sense then because I just really, like, before she called it education, you have a certain, you have an extreme grace for patience. You have the gift of patience. Like, in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. That one is really on your life. You have this really cool thing, and it really influences your co-teachers. It influences the people around you. Um, that's how you reflect the kingdom in your work in your workplace. You're kind to your kids. You're patient with wow. your kids. The difficult ones, the ones that you're like, oh my god, I just can't, oh, I can't deal with the kid today. Like we've all been there, but like you really have this certain level of patience, and the Lord's actually going to increase it. And um, these kids are going to begin to tell their parents how great you are. It's going to show to the parents. You're going to treat these kids so well that you're not just going to, you know, just be a good teacher. You're going to like them. You're going to love them. And you're going to be that teacher that pours into their lives for years to come. Like, they're going to be, like, grown adults and be like, oh, my God, I remember that teacher I had in middle school changed my life because of the influence of God on your life. It's huge. You're a really powerful teacher. Wow, Mara, that's great. I hear over this congregation that you're going to pioneer racial and ethnical reconciliation in this state. And it's going to, you're going to pioneer racial and ethnical reconciliation in this state that's going to cause a ripple effect throughout America. And I see, I see, I see families with, uh, with, with a broken family relationship coming back together, children coming back to their parents, and parents turning their hearts back to their children. But this church is going to have a mighty impact in reconciliation in, in, in different groups. I bless you with that. 
Now, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for Zion Church, God. Lord, Lord, are they going to pioneer, God, just to reconciliation, God? I just, I just release a, a, just a new mantle of reconciliation. I thank you for open doors, God, with government institutions, Father God, Lord, with businesses, Lord, to, to take hands and to pioneer the, this move of the Spirit, God, Lord, to turn hearts together, God, and back to each other in the name of Jesus, Lord. We bless you with wisdom and insight how to take the next steps in this, in Jesus' name. Chris, would you like to stand again? Because you were highlighted to me before, before Maura had a word for you. Brilliant. <laughs> um, I saw that you are a very safe and incredibly loving person. And, and that you're also, you're very powerful. You are, your internal world is very strong and you're not uh, battered about by, by the winds and the waves of, of your external circumstances. And so you make really good life-giving decisions that have a great influence on the people near you. Yeah. I want to get back on that reconciliation word. Um, I really felt the Holy Spirit, and I, and I just want to stay there for a moment because there's something really powerful in this church. I went to the church in South Africa during the apartheid years that happened to be the pastor who influenced the president of South Africa who went to the same church as I did, Duset Mandela Free. I got to witness that, and it changed the nation. I believe there is someone here who is called to the political mountain, you're going to influence, have influence. The Lord is opening right now for your doors in Washington, D.C. This church carries influence in the political mountain. And I see you actually influence the president. And I see you influence laws in America. So I just release over you that which I had witnessed, that which I had been part of. Of a nation changed because of a church's influence. And I bless you with that in Jesus' name. Steve asked us to take a risk and to go higher. So I'm going to just go on, on what Yvette says. When I sat there, the Lord whispered in my ear and said, Yaku, um, that the next governor of Ohio is going to come out of this congregation. The next governor of Ohio is going to come out of this congregation. <laughs> And I actually feel that this church's leadership is going to, is going to be seen as advisors to him. That, that's going to impart him wisdom and direction straight from heaven, like a Daniel was to a Nebuchadnezzar and to, and to, and to all those kings. So I just bless this, this church, like Yvette like said, with influencers, and the next governor is going to come out of this church. Mary, hey, um, the Lord showed me that um, he's taking you up to a new level, and he always is, and um, you're always going higher, but he's taking you into your own. There's something really um, particular about not just doing worship and your music, but kind of what Wendy does with the way Steve is just just helped Wendy launch into her own thing and she travels on her own now she gets her own speaking engagements she goes to her own places and and they travel more and more and they go more apart and I feel like the anointing that's on your life is gonna um, become even more highlighted to people that 
Like, it, I mean, it, you're just going to be so honored everywhere you go. You're going to go different places. You're going to go um, just to newer levels. And there's something really just different that I think you're not expecting that the Lord has for you that he's going to kind of throw at you uh, in this next year. And it's going to mean new places. It's going to mean new adventures. It's going to mean new challenges and um, more strength resistance training. You're amazing. <laughs> Love you. Sir, um, you've got glasses, you've got a checked shirt on. If you could stand and tell me your name. Yes, it's you. It's you, it's you, it's you. What is your name? Jim. Jim. What is it? Jumpstart. Jumpstarter igniting miracles. <laughs> Receive that. That is a good word. Sir, I hear that you um, are a forger of new ways and paths for others. I see that your life have just left a legacy of actually making paths and ways for others to walk on. And I have this picture of a snow plow as you've plowed so that others could be safe. There's a real safety and covering about you, sir, that, um, that allows others to grow and walk without hindrance because you've taken the beating. You've plowed the snow. I also see right now a gift of insightfulness increasing upon you as the Lord is, is even imparting more wisdom and insight into situations, not just for you, but for your family. I hear for your family specifically and for a generation to bring insight into situations and um, release solutions. So I bless you, wow. sir. You are a way maker. That's a good word, Jim. I got a word for the gentleman over here in the sweatshirt, glasses. What's your name? Dan, why don't you stand? Hey, Dan, you know what I heard over you? I heard that you, um, you are a person with a gifting to help people in finances. And I saw, um, I saw this that actually... People who seemingly, you know, are stuck and they feel they have low-paying jobs. And, and I just see the Lord. There's something on you to, to set people free, a strategy, an insight, uh, a connection point. And so I, I bless that in you in the name of Jesus. Okay. I'd like to lead us in an encounter and I'm expecting healing while we are in this encounter. So, I expect it. <laughs> Greatly expect it. <laughs> okay, Revelation 22, verses 1 and 2. John describes what he sees as the angel is taking him on a guided tour around the New Jerusalem. It says, then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. 
then the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. So I would like you to stand up. And close your eyes and see yourself stood on that riverbank with the tree of life next to you, growing up, and then its branches arching out over you, and there's low-lying fruit. It's, it's new every month. And you just look at it and just raise up your hand and pick one of those fruits and then take it to your mouth and take a big bite and just feel the, the crispness as you and chew it up in your mouth. And then take another bite and savor its flavor. And then take another bite chew it up and now you can see that there's a pip now our fruit we don't eat the pips we throw them away but these pips you see they're good to eat and so you just nibble in there and grab that pip and, and as you bite into it it fizzes around in your mouth because it's life and you just let it just feel it now as as that fruit which you've chewed up is now sinking down into your belly. Just feel it going down into your belly. <laughs> yes, God. Wow. You're eating life. <laughs> and you're eating healing to the nation. And it's inside of you. So I bless you with life and health. In Jesus' name. <laughs> so good. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you for team. Give it up for the team today. And we got a... We've got a um, great meeting tonight, 6 o'clock. Yep, we're, we're believing for that. This book, Culture of Empowerment, I want to give this um, to my, what, remind me of the name? Dan? Dan, yeah, I want to give this to you, Dan. Uh, it's Culture of Empowerment, How to Champion People. My goal is not to build a big church, but to build big people. Bill Johnson's quote and empowerment is not a management style, it's a lifestyle. It's a way of seeing people, it's, a, it's understanding the dynamics of relationships. Uh, this is all about uh, having empowering beliefs, empowering language, creating power, empowering structure, and, and just, uh, yeah, and it's for church leaders, business leaders, home leaders, anybody who wants to increase their influence. And it's a, it's a great passion of mine to see people um, get unlocked. And so, Mark, can you give that to Dan? Jim, turn it back over to you. 
Man, who knew on a Saturday morning all this? This is so good. So thank you, Steve. And uh, we want to uh, ask the ushers to come forward. We're just giving an opportunity to uh, sow into Steve and bless Steve. Uh, you can give cash, check.